and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. And I just want to jump into the Word quickly because time is of essence this morning. Um, English is not the uh, language I usually preach in, um, if you haven't heard uh, uh, us preach before. So I'll try to do my best to be patient with us this morning. Uh, we usually preach in Spanish, um, but uh, we know the Holy Spirit is going to help us this morning. Amen. So the title of my message is, is a simple title, uh, and I hope we all get challenged this morning uh, to be able to... Um, lay some things down in our lives to be able to receive God's best for us. Amen. And I hope this morning we all receive God's best. Who wants God's best this morning? Amen. And the title of my message is a simple phrase, but I hope it sticks to your heart closely and is until it falls. Can everybody say that? Until it falls. Now, has anyone here ever fallen before, fallen down? Yes. When you were a kid, especially, we uh, used to fall down a lot. Or if you're clumsy nowadays, you, uh, I don't know if you fall recently or have fallen recently. But when we fell, when we were kids, we would scrape ourselves, we would hit our uh, knees, our uh, elbows, or any other par- part of our body. And a mark would uh, appear after we fell down and I remember one uh, one time we were having lunch with my brothers and my family and we were uh, at a place where there was a homemade zip line. It, it wasn't a, a zip line very secure, but we were kids and we were having fun and we wanted uh, to be on that zip line. And I remember Sammy, our younger brother, got on that zip line and he was uh, going straight to the end of that zip line. And in the middle of his trajectoria, uh, trajectory, he for some reason let go and fell down. And when he fell down, he didn't get up for quite some time. So we got very worried and we were very scared. And the reason we were scared, two reasons. One, because he wasn't uh, like getting off the ground, so we thought he had died or something. And second of all, if you have a Latino mom, you, you know that Latino moms scream at you when you do something good or bad. It's like, that's a Latino family. So uh, we were scared because I, we knew our mom was going to scream at us like, why are you doing this? Why did you let your brother get on that zip line? And she was going to make a big uh, show of, of it all. And then uh, we got to where Sammy was. It picked him up. And blood was coming out of his head. And there was a lot of blood, a lot of blood. So we thought, now my mom is going to kill us for sure. Because our brother is basically dying in our arms. Um, but we cleaned Sammy up. We, uh, limpia, yeah, we cleaned his, his uh, jaga. Um, 
the injury. And when we cleaned it up, it, that's why I got married. Amen. <laughs> amen. All the women said, amen. Oh. Oh. And then we cleaned them up. And when we realized after cleaning, cleaning him up, it, that little uh, hole he had in his head was very small, very, very small. And we thought it, it was much worse than what it appeared because bl blood can be messy sometimes. But we cleaned him up. We helped him. We put a, a, a bandage on his head and everything was okay. Nothing happened. Sammy's still alive. Sammy's still around. He's very smart. He's a civil engineer. Nothing uh, bad happened to him. But that story stuck close to my heart because of all the drama that occurred during that moment. Everybody was screaming. Blood was like showing up everywhere. But it, it always reminds me of how falling down, it always leaves a mark. Now, it didn't leave a mark on Sammy, but usually when we scrape our knees or scrape our elbows, there's always something that is left after we fall down. And this morning, I want to challenge you exactly to do something to be able to give something in us or from our lives that maybe will make us uncomfortable, will make us not like it a lot, but it will be necessary to be able to receive God, God's best for each one of us. There is something in our lives, in your life, in my life, we need to lay down in order to receive God's best for me. Amen. I do not want to receive half of what God has for me or one-third of what God has for me or one-eighth of what God has for me. I want to receive everything and all God has for me. But sometimes we don't receive, not because God doesn't want to give it to us, is we have a lot of junk in our life that we need to lay down. Amen. So the title of my message is exactly that. And I want you, you to remember a time you fell down and try to uh, connect both ideas in something that hurt my physical body. I'll have to lay in my life, in my spiritual life, to be able to receive God's best for me. And I know and I believe in a God that has good things for us. Amen. We do not serve a bad God. We do not serve a God that is mad at us. We do not serve a God that is throwing lightning at us every time we mess up or make a mistake. He is a loving God that loves you unconditionally. Even if you fail, even if you're weak, he still loves you this morning. And he can't love you more than what he loves you in this moment. Amen. He loves you extremely now then he'll love you tomorrow or the day after that so this morning I want you to think a little what are these things it might be one it might be several things we need to lay down in order to receive God's best for me so there's one verse where I want to start this morning and it's Psalms chapter 5 verse 7 and it says this because of your unfailing love I can enter your house. I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. Can somebody say awe? So when we worship the Lord, 
And this is where I, I, I got this message from in, in a, a, my quiet time with the Lord, my devotional with the Lord. And he said, a lot of people enter, but it's the way you enter that opens the supernatural in your life. Anyone can enter. Yes, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says we can enter boldly into his presence. Anyone can. The veil was torn. The the access was granted to each one of us. But the way you enter makes the difference. Can somebody say amen? And today I want you to enter, be, be at the feet of Jesus, not casual, casually, not lightheartedly. But if we're going to enter, let's do it with everything we are. When we worship, let's worship with everything that we are. When we praise, let us praise with everything we praise. Because he deserves everything that we are. He deserves our heart. He deserves our words. He deserves deserves everything we are in order to receive his best for each one of us. Amen. Can somebody say, until it falls. So the question I want to answer is that, that, that same question. Like, what is that those things you need to give or lay down or fall down, if, if we can say it that way, in your life to be able to receive God's best for us. And David in Psalms chapter 5 is telling us, yes, we can all enter, we can all come to church, we can all be Christians, but what distinguishes um, light-hearted Christians to wholehearted Christians is the way you enter into his presence. The way you enter determines the outcome. So the more capaz or the more boldly you enter, I know for a fact that God will give you things or show you things or even reveal you things that money cannot buy. I've learned, hmm, I've learned over the years that the more I go in, the more I give, the more I spend time with the Lord, the more I receive of what, who he is for me and what he wants to do through me in my life. Many of us treat God like an ATM machine. Ooh, ajajai. God, I need this. God, I, I need money to pay my, I don't know, my kid's college tuition or my, my kid's school tuition. Or I have a debt. I need to pay my mortgage. I need to pay this or that. I need new shoes, new clothes, food to eat. And every time we enter into his presence, it's like God is our ATM machine. Now, will God give you the things you need? yes. Even Jesus tells us you don't have because you don't ask. So it's a promise from God for us to receive what we lack. But I would rather enter his presence not because I need something, but because I love him. Hmm. 
I want to spend my time giving everything I am, not because I need something, but because I love him so much that I can spend hours in his presence. And even though I might not have what I need right now, I do not love God because he can give me something. I love God because he has been so good to me, so faithful to me. He has opened doors that no one else could have opened. He has been there for me when, and when no one was there. He was there for me. Amen. So the way you enter makes the difference. We don't enter casually. We don't enter, ah, I, I don't feel like worshiping today. Ah, I, I'm tired. I'm this or that. My week was so hard. And maybe all of that is true. But God isn't worthy of our Uh, Our week was hard. He is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of everything you and I are. Amen. And David writes here in Psalms, when we enter, may it be a worship with our deepest awe. Then we may be asombrados in awe of what God has done for us and through us. A.W. Tozer said this. Worship is no longer worship when it reflects the culture around us more than the Christ within us. Amen. When I emphasize or focus more on what's around me more than the God in me, there's a problem with my worship. When I tend to focus on what the doctor said, what my friends say, what they say about me on social media, what my professor says in college, when I focus my worship on that, I take my gaze, my, my eyes upon him who created me, and there's a problem with my worship. And sometimes life brings difficulties, brings uh, 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 hardships, To refocus our eyes. God will let things happen to us. He he doesn't send these things. He doesn't send sickness to teach you a lesson. He doesn't send poverty to teach you a lesson. That is not the God we serve. But he does permit certain things to happen to refocus our worship. Hmm. And it says in Romans that every, all, all the bad things that happen to us, God works these things for our good. So sometimes um, storms will come, circumstances will happen, you will be like a, a, a moved in different circumstances, but these things happen so that we can set our gaze, our focus in Him who deserves everything that we are. Amen. So never under, uh, underestimate storms. Storms help us refocus our eyes on Jesus. Our eyes in him who is worthy. That's why I like what A.W. Tozer says. When it reflects more what happens around us, it's no longer worship. So this morning, if you have a unfocused your worship... I hope we focus it back on him who deserves all of our worship. That's why I like the song we sang today. 
to the one who is seated on the throne. He's still seated on the throne. Jesus is still king. Jesus is still Lord. So he still deserves all of our worship, all of our praise. He has been so faithful. He deserves all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Our worship cannot be planted in the culture of this world. It needs to be rooted in God's word and his presence. Hardships will come. The world will be the world. Things will happen. But my worship doesn't depend on what happens in the world. It happens on what he did for me on that cross over 2,000 years ago. If he died for me, he is willing. He is more uh, digno, worthy to receive all of my praise forever and ever and ever. Amen. So... Things will happen. Things will come. Psalms 138 verse 2. I bow before the holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. You know if God says or said to you at some point in your life that he was going to do something supernatural through you, it will happen. God is not a man that he can lie or repent. If he said that he will make his promises, yes and amen, in your life, it will happen. But notice, there is a responsibility from us. It says, when I bow down, when I worship, when I praise you, when I spend time with you, it says your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. In other words, when we enter in worship, we enter in praise, we enter kneeling, uh, giving everything we are, whatever he has told you, he would do in your life, it will come to pass. Even if it's been years that nothing has happened, maybe you haven't seen it, maybe you gave up, maybe you're, you're tired of this, maybe you're tired of waiting. I came to tell you this morning, even if you haven't seen it, it will come to pass. Your kids will come to church. Your husband will come to church. That medical diagnosis will be reversado, will be reversed, because my God says that we are healed by his stripes. Amen. It's backed by his name. So if he said it, it will come to pass. Whatever it is, even if it's big, small, it doesn't matter. My God is still bigger than any problem I can face. Hmm. Even the most intelligent person at some point in their lives will leave their crowns before the king. No diploma, no career, no business, no family, no likes on Instagram or TikTok can be as relevant as our king. There will come a day in, in the human history where even the most intelligent person, the only thing he'll be capable to give is everything he has accomplished. Because when you see the Lord for who he is, your immediate reaction has to be, I need to lay down everything I am. Everything I've accomplished, my job, my family, my social media, the movies I watch, everything I am, I lay it down because I see who he truly is. 
when you've spent time with him, you understand who he is. The desired one will come soon for us. Amen? Do not let the world define your worship. Nothing should receive our worship. There is only one who is worthy, only one who is good, only one who is faithful. He is the one who should receive our glory. Amen. Another aspect I see of this is our giving. Our generosity, our giving is a way or a means of worship. And where your heart is, there is your treasure. Amen? Now, this is not my whole message, but it is relevant and it is important. The fact that we give to this church or to wherever you give to be able to help the gospel reach the far corners of the earth. And when we love the Lord, one way we can show him that we love him is with our money. I lost a few there. <laughs> because why? When you pass the test of money, you can pass any other test in your life. Amen. Because it says the root of all evil is the love of money. Not money, is the love of money. So this church has taught us the importance of being generous. If I love God, I will sow into the place God has planted me to be able to see this place grow much more. Hmm. And you know what I've learned? Everything I have, it's not even mine. It's his. So why not give it back to him? And every time I sow a seed, he always gives me much more than I can even dream of or think of. Amen. So it's just a means of worship, a way to worship. We give towards what we worship. If you love God, you'll give towards him. We don't give to a system or, a, or just a cause or a church. We give because we love God. Our money should go where our heart is. You invest in what you love. If you love to play any sport, You'll spend as much money as you want because you love that sport. Amen. If it's football, basketball, golf, whatever it is, if you love something, you'll spend as much money as you like or want. Maybe for women is buying makeup or going to a mall and shopping for clothes, whatever it is. And all of these things are good. They're not bad, but what we love, we invest and if we love God, we should invest in what he is doing in the place he has planted us. Amen. Hmm. The devil wants our worship to be pointed to something other than God. The devil wants, and hear me out, the devil wants to distract you with what is now so that you can miss what is coming. I'll repeat that. 
The devil wants to distract you with what is now so that you can miss what is coming. God has so many good things for you to give to you, but we do not receive them. Not because he does not want to give it to us. It's because we're distracted with the uh, our shortcomings of the things of this world, bad relationships, bad decisions, and we focus our life in the things that we see in Instead of focusing our lives in him, uh, your, your children will never come to church. That's something the devil would say. Uh, your husband, he will never be freed of that. You will never be free of this or that. You'll never be able to mount, amount to anything. You'll never be able to graduate from college. You'll never, 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 never. And the devil wants to distract you with those finite things instead of focusing on an infinite God. Amen. So, the Bible teaches us the importance of not being distracted with the culture, with our activities, with the days, with our days, with the things we have to do. He is the number one thing that should be present in our lives. Isaiah 66 verse 23, and I'll finish with this idea. All humanity will come to worship me from week to week and month to month. What, they, what, what Isaiah is, is, is saying here is that our desire to worship him should be a constant thing. It's not only when I need something. It's not only when I lack. It's not only when I'm sad, when I have anxiety or depression. I seek and search the Lord every moment of my life, every day, every night, month after month, day after day, week after week. Even if I don't feel like it, he deserves everything that I am and everything that I have. Amen. And I'll finish reading this and... I did not tell Pastor Luke, but Pastor Luke is going to help me with this example. So if you can come on stage, and if you can raise, stand to your feet, and I want to read this, and please don't get distracted. We, we haven't, we're not done yet, quite done yet. If, if you could stand somewhere there. Thank you. Revelation chapter 4 says this, then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the spirit. I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones, like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. Twenty-four thrones surrounded him, and twenty-four elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. From the throne come, came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven touches with torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes, front and back. The first of these living beings was like a lion, the second like an ox, the third like a human face, and the fourth was like an eagle in flight. 
each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all over their eyes, inside and out. Day after day, and night after night, they keep saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Whenever the living living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one who's seated on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down. Everybody say, fall down. And worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And look what John says. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive our glory, honor, and power. For you created these things, and they exist because you created what you please. Even the elders in heaven, even the, the most greatest beings in the universe lay their crowns before the Lord. But what is in our lives that needs to fall in order to receive what God has for me? And sometimes we're standing firm. Maybe we're proudful. Maybe we're full of doubts. Maybe we're full of anxiety, depression. Maybe the doctor said you're going to die in six months because you have cancer or whatever it is. Or maybe you don't have money in your savings account, whatever it is. And we think that we can make something happen in our own ability. And we're standing firm. We say, I, I can do it. I can make it happen. I I'll create a new job so more money can come or whatever it is. And we stand firm in his presence. And we think our crowns are what is going to bring a change in our lives. What I have accomplished, the career I graduated from, the MBA I did, or this or that, or the money I have, or the business I have, that will open a door that will give me God's best. But that doesn't say in Revelation chapter 4. It says they bowed down before the Lord. And they gave their crowns to him. That makes me understand that what they gave was enough to receive what God had for them. And what did God give them? Glory. Gave them more anointing. Gave them better ideas. Gave them a bunch of stuff. But it's hard and I'll finish with this phrase. It is very difficult for our crowns to stay on our heads when we are kneeling down. The higher I am, the more stand firm I am, the harder it is for my crowns to get off my head. The more I kneel, the more I worship, the more I come before the Lord, at some point, the, the, in lo mas bajo, the, the more down I am, my crowns will start falling off my head. And everything that God has for me will come on me because his plans are better than my plans. His ways are better than my ways. It's more than just a physical posture is something from the heart. I wish you can understand 
and know what are the things in our life that we need to lay down in order for our crowns to be at his feet because I want to receive the best God has for me. We worship until it falls. We worship until the crown falls. We worship until everything that I am falls at his feet. Can somebody say until it falls? What needs to fall? What crown needs to fall? We won't be able to do it in our ability. We are finite creatures. We will have weaknesses. We will have difficulties. But God, but God is more powerful. But God is more faithful. But God has the answer we need. So what is stopping you from worshiping him? What is stopping you to not give him everything that you are and want to be? I wish you understand, understood what I'm trying to uh, preach this morning. Now, maybe you've, for an example, you, you've never raised your hands before. Maybe today is the day you could raise your hands. Maybe you never knelt before the Lord. Maybe today is that day. Or maybe you've never closed your eye. I don't know what it is. But it's more than just that. It's something from the heart. So if we can all raise, lift our hands this morning. And while the worship team starts singing a song, I want you to ask the Lord to show you what are the crowns I need to lay down. I will worship until it falls. I will worship until something changes. I will worship until my ideas, my things, my abilities fall to his feet. And while we worship, I want you to worship with everything that you are. Raise the volume of your worship. Don't let your neighbor worship for you. Don't let me worship for you. I won't be here Monday morning for you or with you. But God is with you. And you worship him in spirit and in truth. So Father, right now we just thank you for the opportunity we have to be able to give everything that we are. We love you. We worship you. We honor you. You are King of Kings. You are Lord of Lords. You are the most important person in our lives. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for opening a way so that we can enter boldly into your presence. We love you. We magnify you. We honor you above everything else. You are the one who is seated on the throne. You are the one who deserves all the glory. You have no rival. You have no equal. You have defeated death and the grave. You have given us a new way. You have healed us. You have blessed us. We worship. We honor you this morning. So if we could all sing this together.